Mount. This is flying the skies and whamming jamming. Four seconds remain. Barnes, a three, put it in. James for the win. It's gone. LeBron James at the buzzer. It's off the Leonard, defended by Simmons. Is this the dagger? G'day VFL community and welcome to the VFL podcast. I'm Lek Dog today, joined by Steve. How are you, Steve? Good. Thanks for having me, mate. No, it's it's beautiful. And shout out to Bryce for uploading this on our behalf. He doesn't know he's doing that yet, but he's about to find out. We're brought to you by our sponsors today, Steve. The sponsors who are always with us. We've got KFC, 10 wicket wings for $10, not available in Queensland. Michael Hartley. He's just trying to – he's paid for some sponsorship time. He wants to get back in the AFL. And the final one is Arcane, the League of Legends TV show, number one show on Netflix. Make sure you tune in. It's sick, and I want to talk to people about it. They're our sponsors, Steve, as there always. There's another sponsor you missed, and that is McDonald's. And I'm loving it. And if Billy wants some chicken nuggies. <laughs> 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 oh my god, that's so we, we went six seconds before bringing up the goat, the great man. But let's move on, let's push on. This is really just a bit of an update. There's been a few trades this week. Obviously, I've been a part of a couple of them. Just, you know, wanted to tune in and, and check in with you and see how you're going and, and see what we thought of where the league is. Uh, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with standings, Steve? Yeah, just some standings, a bit of some essentially what's happening at the league and how the health is at the moment and who's the, the big dogs. I reckon we should just give a rundown on, on that. Well, the undisputed big dog right now is is Lockie, who through some late stat corrections has continued to be, at, as we stand, the only undefeated team in the league. Uh, is that a surprise? I liked his team going in, but I probably didn't expect him to be the only 3-0 and team at this stage. To have him as a clear first is probably a, a surprise. Would have been a hard tip, but his team was really good. And plus, he's got Jokic, who's just an absolute monster. Plus, he he had all those picks and made some really smart trades pr- before the draft. That you know, it's it's not unsurprising, but to see him being the lone person at the top maybe a little surprising. Yeah, sitting just behind him in the Kim division is Jack. Sitting two and one. We're obviously recording this before the results for round four come out, but. Uh, look, I, I I thought the Kim division was uh, was maybe I don't know. Is it the better division? What do you think, Steve? What what what's? There's been a lot of debate about this. It's probably not after the the Cal trade. I think I don't know. I think Cal's been a bit of a disappointment so far, and he's usually one of the top dogs. So that probably I do think that division is a little bit easier. A little bit easier just looking at it now. Um, but yeah, happy to hear your thoughts. You know, there's four teams in that division have only won one game. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to cast a stone from my side of the fence at the moment. Who I'm going to be one and three, so uh, I'm, I'm going to say the Kanye division's harder because that's why I'm not winning games. Let's not worry yeah. about who the yeah. games I'm playing are against. But Jack, yes, yeah, he's sitting second that. in the Kim division um, at this stage. Two wins, one loss. Uh, Jack's always thereabouts and um i think he's got he's got like some interesting players but he opted to keep he kept russell Westbrook right heading into the season and raised a few eyebrows 
Yeah, well, that's just the the Jack, you know, Bill, he doesn't need these big-name keepers. He just likes his stats. He's been playing fantasy the same way for what, probably like seven or eight years now. and He just knows what to do, so he's off to a great start. Yeah, and he's been doing it without LeBron James for a, for a little bit now, so we'll see how his health is going. But, you know, he's he's looking strong in the Kim Divi- Divi- Division. And then we've got the we'll three, we've yeah. got four teams, the logjam. We got Ghost of Pat, Bev, High Slice Baby, Everybody Loves Rayford, and James World all sitting as we speak at one and two. And a couple of big names at the bottom of this list with Kel and Mitch, both uh, currently, as recording, just one and two. Yeah, definitely. That's a surprising as well because, you know, they're both former league winners. Um, always expect them to be at the top. But yeah, big games for both of them this week because I know Mitch is, you know, it's a pretty close battle. I think he's playing Brad. And um, I think Cal's in a close battle maybe with, I think it could be Heist. So both of them, it, it kind of feels like their seasons are on the line a little bit that, you know, the difference between being two and two and one and three does feel, you know, it feels like a bit of a, a big difference, you know, to recover. So I'm keen to yeah. see how that pans out. Yep. And then we've also got Brad and Heist sitting one and two, who are teams that uh, – <laughs> Heiss especially, I, I came out of the draft and I wasn't 100% sure what was going on with that team, but the, the guard-heavy team, I still think it's got some some real upside. I'm just waiting for it to um, start scalping some wins here. Yeah, I think you know, if he beats Cal this week, which probably is likely to do at this stage, um, it could get, you know, probably be 60, 70, 60 or 70% chance. I think he'll be sitting 2-2 two and two and he could be on his way up because I'm pretty, like, you know, I think it's a pretty good team. Let's jump on over to the Kanye division. Air Jordan sitting on top with uh, Scott Stotts and Kevin Williamson's all two and one. But we, well, I'm a big fan of uh, Air Jordan of Bryce's team. I love the name mostly because I had something to do with it. But he he's in trouble. He's got a lot of injuries that he, he he as we speak might be losing and giving Dan Brown his first win of the season. Yeah, I was actually you know paying attention and today. Just Dan Brown, I think Miles Turner or something just got like six blocks or something. Just went absolutely ballistic, and Evan Mobley just been unreal. And also will be another close game. I think. I think there'll be some fireworks on the waiver wire tonight for a lot of teams, and I think um, a bit of money is going to be spent tonight. Yeah. Well, I hope that this starts a a string of poor form for Bryce because I do come up against him in my next matchup. Let's let's take a look at Scott's tots. They're sitting just below. Air Jordan, Toby, um, who, oh, look, Scott's Tots is an interesting name, but I do much prefer Tony's team, Toby, <laughs> to, as a team name. How have you seen his season? He's obviously got Steph Curry, who's just un- unbelievable and dropped about 700 points on me in, in that matchup. Yeah, I think to- like Toby obviously beat me. I think he's just... His drafts have just been unreal. Like he he got Harrison Barnes, and I was like, I can't remember who I was talking to about this. I'm like, like who the hell would have predicted Harrison Barnes just after like six or seven years, just randomly just would have this weird breakout in Sacramento that's been unreal. And obviously the the Valentunas pick has been fantastic. Um, and who knows when Zion's going to come back? So Val's just going to keep beasting and being like essentially a first round player. I just I think he's a really good drafter and probably not credited enough for that. I know Steph's really really good, but his draft last year was fantastic, and this year it's looking pretty much the same. Well, you look down his roster, even guys like Dennis Schroeder's playing out of his skin at the moment. Corkmoz is playing well with some absences, and then Scotty Barnes, who's 
given a red hot crack at uh, rookie of the year. Sorry, Dan Brown. I know you don't want to hear that. Just a very solid team, and I think uh, I probably questioned him coming out of the draft, but I shouldn't have. I should never have doubted him because he's he's looking the goods again, Steve. Yeah, like you know, even like Scotty Barnes has turned out to be fantastic. I do think it'll catch up with him a little bit. I, like like Brogdon's been fantastic, but he's playing like forty minutes a night or something. So I think that's not going to stick. I think Harrison Barnes will come back to earth a little bit, which he has been, but still, just like there's such a good start and. You know, I think these players are all give better value than where they were drafted anyway, even if they don't hold their current level. Yep, I agree. Well, let's next on the uh, in the rankings is Stu's team, Kevin Williamson's, who, courtesy of some terrible coaching from yours truly, was gifted a free win. I mean, he deserved it. Look, oh, he deserved the win, but I certainly gave it. I certainly made sure that happened for him because I'm a yeah. good rival. It's what good rivals do, Steve. <laughs> yeah. Have well, you seen his yeah. season so far? It's been a bit unlucky, I guess. You know, like he, he, he you know, this design situation is just so messy. Like, it's it's just real tough for him. Like, you know, it. I don't know what he's going to do because Durant's getting older. Zion situation's rough. Like, he's got Kawhi sitting there on his bench. I, I don't know. It's just it's a tough situation. He could go either way, anyway, and any week he could beat anyone because like Lonzo could go nuts. Nurk healed. Like Zion could come back. Like, yeah, obviously Van Vliet can just be like Durant. Like he's got like a insane team that like if I was playing him in the playoffs round one or something like that I just think you know it's someone you probably wouldn't want to see no definitely not well let's push on my team's next sitting at one and two gonna be one and three you can lock that in I, I, look we could we'll probably talk about my team a little bit more when we get to the trades because it has changed pretty substantially in the last couple of days but if you have any comments on my team feel free to make them um you know. um, I think you probably squandered a chance to beat me, to be honest. Like, but something like just real weird happened. Like, where I had on that last day of our, or second last day, or well, I think it was the last day of a matchup. I just had randomly had all these two outs and something, and then I think you went ballistic and rebounds, and I just like tanked them. And if you had made like one or two pickups, it would have been really interesting. But yeah, it's just yeah. one of those things that like even if you don't think you're in it, do you spend that couple of dollars? Well, that, know, that, just, and that's exactly what happened. happened. So I just assumed I had no chance, didn't make any pickups, and then it. There was a point in that final day where I was actually I was up at one stage. So uh, it's certainly like a lesson for me. Yeah. Certainly lesson for me not to not to give up too early, which I have been doing. So, um, but let's push down because you're sitting below me. But I think you will jump me this week because you looks like you got a decent chance at locking away this win. Yeah. I'd- yeah, I don't think there's anything that can really go wrong at this stage with the last day. Not a lot of players left for either side. Um, just had a pretty good week. Like, like my first few weeks, the schedule hasn't been too great. And uh, this week, everything like pretty much is just falling in my way where Stu's probably had less games played than me and I've had a lot more than him. So just a bit unlucky on Stu's half that where he's four games from Cat and D'Angelo and all my Knicks guys and stuff like that. Yeah, and you've got a couple of guys sitting in the top 10. On the season so far, Cat obviously we expected, and the fun pick Lamelo sitting eighth, and mate, he's just unbelievable. Yeah, he's, he's it's pretty good to own. You know, he's pretty fun to watch. You know, always get the highlights, and he's he's like shooting like a crazy free throw percentage that will probably come back to earth. I remember he was it was like nine six six recently. I think it's dropped down to nine one six at the moment or something like that. So yeah, he's absolutely flying. And then yeah, a few a few solid guys that are that are playing really well as well in 
Hayward and Randall's playing pretty solidly and Russell's starting to pick up. It's a, it's a nice looking list and we can never count you out, obviously. And you're going to be two and two and you're going to be one of the, all of a sudden it's a whole new world if you're two and two rather than one and three, isn't it? Yeah. Well, thinking about last year, it was like these teams of how I was saying that you don't want to be one and three. I think I fell real behind the pace last year. I reckon I might've been like two and six or two and five or, or something crazy. I was well behind the eight ball, maybe like two and seven or something. And then I just I had to win. I think eight or nine in a row just to make the playoffs. Like it was that tight and it was that contested that like, if, if, yeah, if you get off to a bad start, it's really hard to recover. So I think like some people will have some tough decisions tonight, especially to drop some players that they definitely don't want to drop, but is it worth the win? You know, so interested to see what people do. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be hot, hot, hot. And then speaking of hot, Luca Dong Thick, Daniel Brown, great team name. It looks like, I mean, I, I haven't clicked into the, the exact stats, but he's up 6-2-1 at the moment. And uh, look, I mean, I, I shit-talked him a lot <laughs> because, yeah. you know, he, I want him to be my rival, but Stu's my rival. But So I always yeah. abuse Daniel. I love Stu too much. Uh, but Evan Mobley, he's doing things. And, like, Spencer Dinwiddie's playing pretty well. And, and Luca obviously, is playing well. He's got Ingram. There's just... Like guys are doing stuff on this team, and while I know he's zero and three, he's going to end up looks like being one and three. I've got a little bit of confidence, and I'm glad I got him early in the season. Was able to get a win because it might be my only one this year. Well, yeah, Dan's got that team that it's it's really good. I just don't know if Dan's committed enough to to winning and make it, you know grinding the trades and the the wave wipe because his team's like really good. Like no one could have projected Mobley to be this good. Like no one. Like so. That picture's been absolutely phenomenal. He obviously saw something in him, and it's a pretty scary team. Like, I just, I just don't know, yeah, if Dan Brown has it in him to, a hundred percent lock in and try and win this thing. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm just looking at the uh, the moves made on the year so far. He, the least amount of moves is Stu with seven, me with nine is next, and then it looks like it is it is Dan with thirteen as the the next lowest. So there's a couple of people who aren't moving a lot and then there's a few people who've made over 20 moves in terms of acquisitions and stuff this year. So some people are certainly watching the day-to-day a lot more than others, I would say. And being someone who, well, I watch the day-to-day, I just watch myself lose. But let's, but I've tried to fix that. So we're going to move on from standings. That's where things sit. I'm not going to make any sort of predictions. I think Lockie and... uh, and Tony will be near the top uh, come the pointy end of the season. But I think there's plenty of basketball to be played, Steve. Yeah, absolutely. It's, what, are we a quarter way into the season? So plenty of time to go. Well, let's look. Let's go to trades because there's been a few so far this year. Are we going to go back uh, chronologically through the season, Steve? Um, whatever you want to do. I'm happy to just put comments on whatever way you want to do it. All right, well, I'll go, but let's just go back and look at all the trades that have gone through. This one happened, like, all the way back in October. The first trade, I think it was, of the season was Jalen Brunson uh, for Josh Richardson. And Josh Richardson sucks, and Jalen Brunson's been playing basketball. So <laughs> a decent trade for, um, for for Dan, right? No, um, Dan got rid no, of Jalen. No, Opposite. Yeah. You. Good trade for you. <laughs> Well, yeah, I only at that point he wasn't doing. He was doing okay, but I just it was just a games play trade. I wouldn't, and then yeah. I ended up dropping him. I think literally the next day it was just like literally the time yeah, of the right. week kind of thing. So not that big of a deal. But he's obviously been fantastic, and I probably should have kept it. 
<laughs> well, the next trade was uh, Bryce sending out Tyrese Maxi and bringing back Franz Wagner um, or Wagner. An interesting trade because Tyrese Maxi has had a couple of his career best games in the with all these COVID outs for Philly. Yeah, tough as well because Wagner's been really, really good, and then it's obviously led to the deal done today. But it was an interesting move by Bryce because, like, I just like having that because he's got Simmons. Like, it kind of made sense for him to own the point guard there until that situation, you know, like sorted itself out. Just having that handcuff, so it was an interesting trade. But I couldn't tell you really what he needed at that point of the week or anything like that. But Wagner's been really good. So, well, let's push on through because. It was a bit quiet, but then we got a trade to start off November, and it was Nikhil Alexander Walker going to his home at Luka Dong Thick in return for Matisse Thibault. Now, I don't know what they've done in terms of rankings this year, but I know that you could have traded uh, literally for anyone on Dan's team if you're offering NAW. Yeah, Thibault's well and truly ahead of him in the rank, just because of the steals and blocks, but. I don't think it's that crazy. Like personally, I would prefer Thibault as well. Um, Dan probably wanted to overpay just to get his guy, and that's that's fine. But I think Alexander Walker's been really good anyway. So, yeah, looking at the rankings, it looks like Nikhil is one hundred and seven overall. And I think I was looking at earlier in the today, and Thibault was, I don't know, he was like in the fifties, but he's also been injured, so you know, he missed games. He's not going to drop in the rankings. Uh, yeah, I think it's just a, a kind of not fine, super yeah. league impacting trade. It's fine. I uh, yeah. I really wanted to draft Nikhil, so you know I understand trading for him. Yeah. And we had another little trade, or it might not be little, you can tell us, but you were involved with another one and you sent out Tim Hardaway Jr. for Dwayne Dedman. How did that go? Uh, not great. It was it was one of those meal, the deals to... Um... To get to save myself one dollar making a pickup, I needed rebounds in that matchup, and so I traded to get Dwayne Dedman, who I think was averaging seven, and he got me one. So, not a great trade on my <laughs> behalf, and I dropped him there that night. <laughs> so, look, this is a concept that I'd never really thought about because trades have always scared me. But trading to try and win a matchup rather than trading for long-term pieces is not something I'd previously thought about. So, you're obviously a fan of this sort of thing. Is it hard to plan ahead? Because you've obviously got to beat the waiver. Like you've got to plan. There's time involved. It takes time to get p- trades through. Explain to me how it all works. Well, essentially for me, my method is, like we've just say people playing tomorrow, I will just check everyone's teams and who's playing tomorrow and what I think is a pretty fair trade. And then I'll just sh- throw in a trade of someone who's not playing for me, playing for them. And then I'll just try and save a dollar or just try and get in some stats for that matchup. Um, I'm actually a big, massive fan of it because in the end, like, who cares about these players if you get the win? You know, it's like you, wins are so important, especially just like early on, like getting off to a good start. So I think I'm more than happy to to send off a my tenth, eleventh best best player to get the win. Yeah, no, I like it, and it just it clearly requires a little bit of forethought that I'm incapable of doing myself. Just to clarify, I did I didn't get the win there anyway, but I tried. <laughs> Were you trying? And that's the most important thing. Well, let's jump ahead another week to the 9th of November, Steve. And it was, well, it was Mitch's time to move his stashed potential keeper in Kyrie. And it was uh, it was Kel who jumped on it and he sent out Grayson Allen. What do you make of this? I think, yeah, well, this is probably the first 
big trade, I guess, in a way where, you know, like Curry's a top 10 player when he's healthy. So um, I think, yeah, it's a bit unlucky for Mitch because Mitch had a lot of injuries. So he, he's also trying to win the matchup. So he needed to clear out an out spot. Um, I don't think Curry comes back because I remember when Mitch, I think he sent a Snapchat saying, send me your best Curry offer. And I was at work and I was going to do something after work. And by the time I got home, he'd already been traded or whatever. Um, but the, the mayor who's coming into New York, he, he announced that the um, the COVID, the vaccine mandate's not going to change. So the only way that Kyrie can play is if the NBA and Kyrie gets an agreement or he gets the jab. So personally, I don't think Kyrie's actually going to play, but for Grace and Allen, I think it's worth the risk and it, it's perfectly fine. So I get what both teams are doing and no issues at all. Yeah, and Grayson Allen's 45th on the year so far. Um, he's a decent player. And look, at the Kyrie situation is very interesting. Maybe he'll hear about Liam Jones retiring from the AFL because yes. he didn't want to get the jab. Maybe he'll, uh, maybe it'll help him see sense. Maybe it'll, because I reckon it, this Liam Jones thing will actually make uh, conservative news in the USA, news in quotation marks. I think it'll get discussed because they think we're a, living under a tyrannical leader and we're all getting held at gunpoint in our house over there. So we'll see what happens. But very interesting. Kyrie, I actually did inquire uh, with Kel before our deal went through about Kyrie, but I didn't want to sack, like I kind of wanted him as a throw in more than anything as a, as a chance. I didn't want to give up real assets to get him back and just have him never play, um, particularly at his age. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's a tough situation because when he is playing, he's unreal. He's definitely worthy of a keeper spot. Um, but yeah, just, he, he could retire. He might not play this year. And just with the way that the, the um, if someone gets injured, they're pretty much going straight to the out spot now. And I just think having Kyrie sitting there might not be worth it unless you're going to keep him, which Cal, Cal might keep him or he might trade him. Who knows, whatever. But I think for Grayson Allen, it's a good deal for both sides. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And that I've already found um, that 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 waiver wire spot, that, uh, sorry, that IR spot is is very valuable because um, obviously I'm, I've been sitting, uh, who have I been sitting on my waiver wire? Um, I bought him for $4 when the league opened because I'm dumb. Anyway, I can't even remember who oh, it is. Oh, Jamal Murray? Oh, Jamal Murray, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got sitting on my IR and it's, it's already hurting. It's already hurting me. But I've committed and I'm going to have to hold him all year to make it worthwhile. But let's jump ahead because a couple of trades went down this week, Steve, and I think this is probably what people want to want to hear about. Yeah, um, the big ones. Yeah, the, he, obviously the big trade. Terrence Mann for Precious Achua. That's what I was thinking. Is... Um, is huge. Kel, Kel's big move for the week was to uh, bring in Terrence Mann, um, sent out Precious Achua. Do we have any thoughts on that? Because, uh, look, I haven't been keeping up with them. I, I feel like they've both got potential, but I just I don't actually know what their production is in, in real life. Yeah, I think they're both, they're both okay. I, I wouldn't overthink it too much. I, I don't really know enough about them either, to be honest. I think Achua has been a little bit, just hasn't been as good as he was supposed to be, so and man's probably been better than he was supposed to be, so that's where they've met in the middle kind of thing. All right. Well, let's talk about the trade. The first one, let's talk about the first trade. I sent out LaMarcus Aldridge, Pat Connaughton, and Evan Fournier, who I think were my three worst players on my roster, and Joel Embiid, who's been the bane and 
and also uh, excitement of my existence for the last couple of years. I sent them out for a return of Chris Middleton, Robert Covington, De'Aaron Fox, and Chris Stapps, Porzingis. Well, I don't really – I can explain what my point of view was and why I did it, um, but I don't want to make comments on, you know, what what the quality of the trade was because I'm biased. So what do you think? How do you think that trade comes across on paper? Okay, I will discuss it, but I also would like to hear your thoughts on it as well because while we've got yeah, your pod as well. Um, so hmm. it's tough because Cal was offering that deal for me for Tatum, right? I, I just wasn't anywhere near close to pulling the trigger on something like that. I, it'd be a deal I'd be more interested on the deadline if I was like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really have a push for this thing um, or not. Uh, you know, I didn't really want to commit to giving up a good keeper at that point. But in terms of this trade, I, I do think you won Lech Dog. And my, my reason is Joey Lambeat is easily the best player in that deal. Easily. But it's just easily. But it, the thing is with some of these players that people hate, they're really hard to trade. And this is something I'm just like learning over the last like one or two years. But no one really likes Embiid that much. So no one really wants to, you know, like it's just the way it is. Like I just feel like, you know, I, I, I've got no interest in him as a keeper. I don't think Bryce does. I feel like a few others might be the same. So it already d- diminishes his value there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I just don't know if it would – yeah, it's, it's tough. I, I wouldn't have done it yet at this stage. Cal's pretty much had – he, he panicked a bit. He had to do something. But he, he got the best player out of the deal. And there's – league history usually shows the person who gets the best player has usually come out on top. So Yeah. No, I think historically this sort of deal is, is – I'd, I'd be the loser. I think for Cal uh, it makes sense. When you've already got two really good keepers, if you can bring in a third and, you know – there's a it's he's kind of it's kind of like bringing in a Kawhi Leonard or whatever. It's like there's a real risk of injury and missed games and missing games in the playoffs. But if you've got two really good keepers already, you can you can cope with that. Whereas from my perspective, Embiid was obviously clearly my best player. But when he was my best player and I can't count on him to play consistently, it hurts me a hell of a lot when he doesn't play. So for me, it was about trying to build some depth. Uh, in this year's roster, bring in a couple of you know potential well, guys who I think should be top fifty or thereabouts, and Chris Middleton's one of those, and I think the other guys have got some upside to become those. Um, and then the other thing is that I don't have a, a solid swath of of keepers. Embiid was the best one, and I found it really hard. I've tried to move him a couple of times, and I've always found it really hard to get anything that wasn't like, you know, a fringe keeper at best and then just depth pieces, which is essentially what this is. But my aim this year after the first couple of weeks has been to just bring in as many, and I did this in the draft as well, as many young top 50 potential guys that I can and hope that a couple of them fire. I had a similar tactic last year. I had guys like DeJounte Murray, um, traded in Bam. Uh, I had a few guys like that. I probably an OG I, I traded for at the deadline because I thought he might be a keeper last year um, when I traded for him. And obviously I probably should have kept DeJounte in, in hindsight because <laughs> he's the one who's doing the best out of all of them. But I think this trade gives me a bit more of that, a bit more, a few more guys who, you know, if something goes right, maybe they, they show some top 50 flair and potentially are a keeper. And then altern- alternatively, I just want to win some games and I wasn't getting it done with, with the current team. So I just tried to turn one, inconsistent blue chip into a few a few solid players and I think I've done that I, I, I'm happy with the deal um, but I was very nervous 
Yeah, well, I just think in your team, I'm just looking at it right now, it's actually pretty damn scary. Like, if, if you're playing here, you've got Horford, Collins, Adebayo, Ananobi, McCollum, Pazingas, Middleton, and then other, like, good players. Drew Holiday as well, plus De'Aaron Fox, and then Covington and White, and then you've got your other, like, little throwing pieces. Yeah. That's, like, some brutal, brutal players, and I'm glad that you did this trade the week after I versed you, so it gives me, like, 12 <laughs> weeks buffer room. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, I'm unfortunate for the person you play next week, and you, you've got all these, like, really good assets firing, and obviously you got rid of Embiid, who's out at the moment. So look, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it for both teams. I, I definitely get it. Gun, gun to my head, I take your, um, your side of it, just because I think Fox is a massive buy low at the moment. I think, well, yeah, and I think that's part of it. I think if if Embiid wasn't my best player, if I had a team that was structured differently and Embiid was my second or third best player, I'm I'm probably not moving him because I think that I can, you know, I can ride the wave of having guys that are better than him. But this year, I just I don't I don't have better players, so it was just about yeah trying to maximize what I did have, and you know, hopefully some of these guys fire. Uh, you did mention Carvin White, but they're no longer on my team. <laughs> I moved yes. them on this afternoon. I, I sort of knew that Bryce was interested in, in Cove, um, uh, basically straight away when the deal got done. Um, he was in my ear about him. So, And I'm sick, as you know, of Derek White. And I had a couple of good offers for Derek White, but uh, I moved them, Cove and White, to Bryce for White, Wagner, Wagner, Franz Wagner, for and Wendell Carter Jr., um, and the reason really being is that, A, I'm not attached yet to, to Rocco <laughs> and what. And uh, I really like Wendell Carter Jr. Um, and I'm hoping Wagner can continue his form. I think hopefully he's a top 100 guy for the rest of the year. But basically, once again, I'm just trying to bring in young guys with some upside to try and maximize that because I'm so sick of seeing Derek White shoot 10% from the field, man. Um, and I'm playing Bryce next week and... Um, I really hope Derek shits the bed next week when I'm playing against Bryce. You know it's going to be the opposite, though. It's just going to be one of those things he's just going to fire. And But I think, yeah, I think... in terms of that trade as well, that second one, with the, like Wendell Carter's been fantastic and they gave him some money. So, you know, like it's 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 tough because um, White has got really good potential. Covington's been really good for a long time. Um and it's like Wagner and Carter are both on the come up, but out of the like out of all those players, Carter Carter's been the best player so far this year. So I think it's a pretty good deal. Yeah, I think this year Carter's probably been the best, but I do expect Cove to come out and and end up being ranked around fiftieth on the year, maybe sixtieth. I think that's just what he does with the stats he provides. So I think there's a bit of risk there, but yeah, another once again, just trying to load up on these guys who have are young, have been paid have solid roles and you'd think have the at least the chance to 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 explode a bit more than than what they have. So that's that's been my tactic. It's kind of similar to what I've seen you do in the past or the, a couple of years ago um, when you went real young, when you when you took the fun pick and you started targeting guys that were younger and I was like, maybe that's just the way to play, dude. Maybe it's back in the younger guys and have some fun and hope you hit because um, at the end of the day, we're just here for fun, right? Yeah, I, I would be nervous. Like, let's say this year's done, though. Your keeper situation would be a little bit murky at at this point of of, of time. You'd you'd have Ben Fox and Ananobi or so, something like that. It's a little bit, it's a little bit muddy. Where you did have that probably like when they played the the Embiid, you had that top ten guy, which is always a hard thing to get. 
So it's like it, it made me a little bit nervous not having that as well now, you know. Yeah, no, for sure. And but and even last this this last season, I felt that way. I had a lot of guys on my roster who I thought I could talk myself into keeping and just um yeah, and didn't end up keeping them because you can only keep three, but it is interesting. I, I will be nervous if no one no one goes bang. Um, I'm hoping Kyle Lowry at age 37 just like <laughs> something happens and he retires or something so Bam can continue because when he doesn't play, geez, Bam looks good. I know the assists with Lowry just a bit unlucky there. Like it's one of those things you just like you don't know how it's going to be until the season starts and like you didn't know when you kept, you know, I don't know. There's just like these factors when you traded for Ben two years ago, you didn't know Larry was coming there and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But yeah. I actually think oh, it was Larry for trade. I think the trade was Larry for Ben, me and you, if I can remember. Oh, uh, yeah. Potentially. Potentially. I think I, it I was, def- to be honest. Yeah. I, I don't know if there's any good ways of uh, of tracking that, but like even even Embiid, it was a guy that I traded in and I've now traded him out with Cal. I traded him out again. Uh, I, I'm hoping I hit on one of these one of these young guys, and I can actually keep them and say that I discovered them <laughs> rather than, um, you know, trying to find trade for an established guy. But you know, I'm hopeful. Well, yeah, well, as it stands right now, like Fox is your actually your lowest ranked player, so it's obviously the buy low window that you know. I remember speaking to Cal in the um, the off season about Fox, and we were both super high on Fox because he had such a like a fantastic finish last year. And, you know, he might just be in a bit of a slump and he might just be a back-end beast that just really turns it on. So, uh, I don't know. Like in, like I said, I just think Embiid's actually a pretty hard guy to actually trade for a guy worth Embiid's value back. Even, you know, like you just, you're never going to get the same value back for Embiid in, a, in any one-for-one deals because people just, either they don't like him or they're just too worried about the injury stuff. So, I think it's, yeah. I think it's fine both ways. Like, Cal gets the best player out of the deal. He's got three really good keepers now and, when they're all playing and if they're on, then I think most teams would be pretty fat. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think it's hard, particularly the guys that upside is super high. Like, you know, Embiid's really good on on, on a per-game basis. He just doesn't play a hell of a lot of games. So, you know, or he misses the really important ones, which which sucks. So I'm happy to um, not have to worry about that anymore as much as I've given up the best player in the deal. But... um. Yep, I've sort of popped my cherry. I never really do trades, so I'm excited to get back out there, trade, ruin all this hard work I've done. It'll be good. Well, you've got some nice middle-tier assets now as well that people will be – I know they'll be interested in all these like middle-tier guys that will help them in a category Like because all the middle-tier guys are usually reliable in one area or another. Mm. So I just – yeah, I think you'll, you'll be – the inboxes will be starting to fill up a bit over the next couple of months, you know, probably from yours <laughs> truly. <laughs> Do we definitely? I'd say. Do we? Uh, do we have anything else we need to touch on before we wrap up? I know we've got plenty of news. Plenty of news um, coming in terms of the uh, the event. What are we doing? We're playing basketball. We're we going to sushi. Life's good. It's all happening. Yeah, I'm. I'm keen to get the basketball team sorted. You know, I, I don't know um, how it's going to be done, or if we're just going to randomly pick teams, or. But I'm keen to know who's on my team already, so we can start to figure this out and start a bit of rivalry. Um. Worth noting, uh, and by the way, I agree, we should work out. There's got to be a fun way to um, to assign the teams. But we also, there was a few propositions that went to the league yesterday, Steve, including the four-centred default ESPN limit. People, uh, it was shut down. It kept nine votes to four votes for remove. Did you have a, a, a hardcore view on that or is it just, just by and by? Um, just didn't think it really made any sense. Like it, it, 
the league's going pretty well, you know. Um, then yeah, they're just the 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 worth of centers becomes like crazy good, and you know, like in someone with one of the best centers, it probably benefits me, you know, as well. But I, I just if it's not, yeah, I just didn't think it made any sense. I didn't overthink it. I didn't really care that much to be honest. But I just think it didn't make personally. I just didn't think it made a lot of sense. So you, I uh, look as you, someone you who. Yeah, I was the other way, because, but I'm also biased because last year I built my entire team around three or four centres, so I, I would have loved and sent the centre is my favourite position in basketball, so I would love to be able to stack my team with just tall blokes, to be honest, but totally get totally get why it was shut down. And I agree, I don't think you need to change anything, but boldly, another poll went up um, and the league will now be an auction league because uh, 100% of respondents <laughs> said yes. I actually am like I was actually trying to think about this because I did a few auction drafts this year. I mean, like another money league, and and I actually loved it because the the ability to be involved in every single player, like every single player you can get if you really want. We're in a, a snake draft that doesn't work like that, and like with a, an auction draft, you're on. You have to be on the whole time because you're bidding the entire time. It's not like oh, I'm not picking for thirty picks now, and I won't do anything for the next forty five minutes. Kind of that. It's not that vibe at all. It's just. If you could do it a way where everyone keeps keeps their three keepers and then bank two hundred dollars for the remaining pool or something, I can like for just one year because like fantasy is supposed to be fun, you know. Like, and I and I had a lot of fun doing the auction draft, more fun doing the auction than I did doing a snake draft. I'm more than open to if there could be a fair way that doesn't impact anyone in too much of a negative way because you'd obviously need to figure out who gets the number. That's the stopping gate is you know the number one pick. Do they get an extra thirty dollars, or do they, you know, I don't, I don't know what it is. I didn't really think that yeah. much into it. But if we could figure that out, like I'm all for doing the auction drafts, and I think maybe just doing it once every like three or four years, like I'm, I'm definitely not against that. No, I, I agree. We've you and I have spoken about it. I think, yeah, if you can sort out the the lottery pick, and then if you look, if it gets to the end of the year and my team goes to shit, and I don't actually have any keepers, and then someone like Keller's three keepers, how do you balance that? Can you balance that? I don't know, but I'd love to give a, an auction league draft a, a crack for a year. And ultimately, like, if everyone kept their keepers, it doesn't actually change anything. It's just a different dra- way to draft. And I think it'd be I think yes. it'd be a lot of fun. I think, it, yeah, you have to keep it the way it is with the keepers where if you worked out the auction draft where when you bid on, like, say, I put up Lamello, I just get him for $1. Then you put up your keepers, you get him for $1. No one else bids. And then after all the keepers have been put out there, it's just like game on, you know? Yeah, Which I'm, I'm definitely a- open for it, and I think there should be some discussions and, and some in-person discussions about it. Yes, I think this should be an in-person discussion mm-hmm. rather than a poll Over on the uh, Facebook years, page. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I like I it. I, I like it. I actually don't personally as well. Like, I don't actually love the polls. Like, I just think that most people just it is what it is. Like, you, they just vote for what's best for them. I don't know, like, if we need polls for such like big things that like maybe for the auction draft because it is pretty okay i don't know i just like would prefer just the decision to be made that just makes sense rather than give people the chance to be un- unnaturally like they're just selfish because it works best for them you know like if i had if i had three centers or something like that i'd be like bank center league let's 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 just open up the spots you know what yeah, i mean for sure. like there, there's just that that part of you that you can't help to to be unbiased well, uh, yeah, no, I totally agree. I I, a binary poll doesn't always paint the whole picture, but hey, it's the best we've got at the moment. I don't know, unless we all saw each other every week, I don't think there'd be a, an easy yeah. way to do it. 
Yeah, um, no easy solution. It's definitely been fair though. Like I don't think anyone's been doing that at this stage. I think every like even like the um the the three COVID spots, like I was against it, but I'm not like, you know, like it didn't really matter anyway. Like who you know, like it didn't go through and it was just the two the two IR spots and that's that's fine. So I think stuff like that, like it's not that big either way. Like it, it affects us all equally. Yeah, that's that's stuff around the periphery of like even that's another one where I voted yes for the third spot because all of last year I had someone in that COVID spot. So like and I knew it had happened again this year and immediately Joel Embiid got COVID. So like I knew that was gonna impact me, but it, it's whatever. That stuff ultimately doesn't actually change the structure of the league and as long as everyone's yeah, happy. And it was good that it was, you know, before the draft anyway, so I could counter that because like I tried to avoid people who are you know like it, it sounds crazy but i tried to avoid people that didn't have the covid jab and stuff like it's just like stuff like that it's just there's no excuses now like it, it was done in a good way so i'm happy about that yep um one final thing to touch on bryce simulated the league in 2k spent hours and hours putting it together what a, uh, great, what a great guy jack defeated my team 4-0 the finals mvp was lebron MVP for the year was Joel Embiid. Rookie, Cade Cunningham. Sixth man of the year was Victor Oladipo, which is amazing. And defensive player of the year was Giannis. Uh, Awesome work. We should do more of that. I've tried it before. It was too hard to set up, so kudos to Bryce for doing it. I wonder if we can figure that out so when we catch up and play 2K, if Bryce can, like, save the roster and then Mitch can download it to his end or something and even if one of us brings another PlayStation and we get a bit of a bracket going or something like that, I reckon we could maybe, hopefully this pod and people are still listening at this point, it can start <laughs> the conversation of someone bringing their PlayStation down or, you know, Toby might be in the same area as Mitch and then we can figure it out. 100% had the same thought, but you're right. Let's wrap it up. We've been going too long, Steve, but it's always a pleasure to bloody talk to you. Thanks for having me and uh, good luck. The wire is 45 minutes away and I, I'm expecting fireworks, otherwise I'm going to be let down. <laughs> I'm going to uh, shove about 700 bids into the waiver wire tonight um, and mostly in preparation for my next round. Yeah, it's a big one. You versus Bryce, isn't it? It is. It is. I have to win. I don't think I will, but I have to. This <laughs> <laughs> Bryce's team's pretty good. He uh, beat me pretty comfortably. So. All right. Thanks, mate. I'll chat to you next time. Thanks for having me. See you later.